This is Jermaine Smith, author of Brooklyn Astronaut, and you are now tuned in to the Black Men Working Podcast. Check it out. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is your boy, Sugar Ray. You are now tuned in to the Black Men Working Podcast. Today's guest is a very special, powerful, inspiring, motivating, talented young brother man, Jermaine Smith, 26 years old. Brooklyn, New York. He is a children's book writer, illustrator, screenwriter, and visionary. Uh, he has a very powerful book, Brooklyn Astronaut, Jamal Journey to the Moon, and we are grateful to have him here with us on the Black Men Working Podcast. Brother Jermaine, peace, man. Good day. How are you? What's happening? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I feel um, blessed to be able to you know, be here and share my story. Yes, sir, man. Let's jump right into it, man. You got this book, this very powerful book. I've seen it myself. Uh, Brooklyn Astronaut, man. Jamal Journey to the Moon. Talk about the inspiration behind that book. Talk about the book a little bit, man. Where did you come up with that Brooklyn Astronaut thing? Talk about that, please. <laughs> so um, I was originally writing a relationship book, which will be released for 2019. And um, But back at the time, I was uh, looking to get that book out. And I met a famous guy um, in a restaurant in Brooklyn, in my hometown. And uh, I didn't know he was famous. I had no idea. And, um, you know, I was talking to him and... You know, he told me that, you know, when he found out that I was a author, he was very intrigued and he sort of told me his resume. He's like, oh, you know, he said, um, you know, I'm on Oprah, you know. I was like, really? So I went, I, I said, get out of here. So I, 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 you know, I was like, get out of here. There's no way. So I went on the, uh, went on YouTube and, you know, you go on Google or YouTube and research anybody. I saw, oh, I was like, oh, wow, he's actually on Oprah. But, um, you know, Partnership ended up uh, really not uh, being sustainable, but I did learn a lot. He wanted to do another project with me because he just wanted to take too much rights off of my relationship book. So he's like, okay, you know what? Let's do another deal 50-50. Let's do a children's book. So I said, okay. And, um, you know, he tried to put his artists on. He tried to put his writers on and try to, like, change my work. And I'm like, well, this is no longer my work. This is your work. So I kind of, like... You know, he was promising me magazine and all of this, but I had to disconnect from him. And um, when I disconnected from him, we had originally called the book Brooklyn Moon. So I'm like, okay, Brooklyn Moon. Uh, I'm not really feeling that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a restaurant named Brooklyn Moon. I'm like, I ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to get sued. Um, so, but so I was sitting down there with my boy, who's an artist. And it was just like going over different concepts and he was just showing me some artwork. And um, I said, and then, you know, I just started thinking and I said, you know, we want to encourage kids to think big. Like the character is going to space. Mm. He's an astronaut. Hold on. He's an astronaut from Brooklyn. Wow. Hold on. Brooklyn astronaut, you know, and um, Jamal's journey to the moon. Mm. So um yeah that's that's how we that's how that uh you know uh book was born and I had so much fun writing uh writing the the story and uh creating the illustration for the book uh it was just a lot of fun um and I just wanted to inspire kids to dream big and you know put a positive message in it powerful um so I'm a writer as well I'm not an illustrator Right, but I'm a writer, and I'm also a lover of children's books. You know, having children myself, 
Did you write the story first and then create the artwork, or did you create the artwork and then write the story? How does that process work for someone doing both? Um, I think the next, because uh, this is going to be a series, so I think what uh, I, I like to start off with the cover. I like to do the the cover of the book first because the cover, based on how the cover looks, will give me inspiration to write. Mm. So I like usually I'll start off with drawing the concept for the cover of the book, and then I'll get into writing the story. And then after I write the story, I'll finish off the rest of the illustrations. Powerful. Um, so I want to go back real quick before we go any further. I want to talk about. Writing. I know a lot of times, especially for young black men growing up in the hood, people don't think about being writers when they get older, right? <laughs> you don't think about being a writer. Nobody thinks about writing a book. Y'all want to write a book when I get older. So was this always your dream? Was this something that you were born to do or was it something that happened later on? Talk about that. Um, I actually wanted to be a boxer. Really? You wanted to fight? <laughs> I wanted to fight. I grew up in the hood fighting and I heard Muhammad Ali's story, how some... Guy, you know, try to steal his bike and he wanted to beat those punks up. And I was like, yeah, I kind of identified with that, you know, and um, I just thought it was my 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 destiny to, to, to be a boxer. And, um, you know, it didn't take much for me to pursue my dream. I think, you know, I just had that hunger. It's hunger, something that you got to be in, in you. You can't teach hunger. It's one of the things you can't teach. But, you know, I had that hunger and drive in me and, you know, the summer when I was supposed to uh, train with this professional boxer, I ended up getting assaulted. Wow. Getting assaulted, lost my memory for a day, uh, spent two years in bed rest. Wow. Couldn't do anything but eat, sleep, go back to sleep. You know, in constant pain, doctors telling me they can't do anything. I'm taking six to eight painkillers a day to help with the physical pain because I was just in agony. And it was uh, it was it was very hard. Uh, it was like getting punched in the gut, you know, to see this dream die. This dream of me like being a boxer and like creating my legacy through that. And um, it kind of rocked my world. So at what point did you pick yourself back up? At what point did you say, you know what? Okay, boxing is not going to happen. I need to do something else. At what point did you have that thought? And at what point did you know that it was going to be writing? So I feel a lot of times you have to, it's a very ugly process to have your dream die. And, um, and I always heard you know, if your dream dies, dream another dream. And I've never been there, but it was very, it was very difficult to dream another dream. But I realized that my pain led me into greater purpose. Wow. You know, so that pain directed me to serve at a higher level of purpose in the world. Wow. The world had something greater for me to do besides boxing. And um, that's when writing came in along and, you know, sort of getting into writing music then plays, then uh, movies and books. And, you know, that's how I, I actually got into writing was just realizing that I had a deep responsibility to touch people with my words. Wow. And, you know, that deep responsibility had to the world needed to to see that on display 
they needed to experience that for themselves and um even though it was difficult getting over having that dream die i realized that there was a greater calling on my life wow powerful um i think a lot of us experience uh the death of dreams um many people i would say most people once their dream dies they don't dream another dream they just move on to a regular lifestyle go get a job um, and some of them, you know, they do great at their job and they make a living, they make a good living, but they're not doing what they ultimately want to do. They're not doing, uh, they're not living in their purpose. And so um, I think it's challenging, but I think it's, um, um, we as, as people, especially as black people, it's our responsibility to rise to that challenge, to figure out what else to do with our life other than just exist, go to work, come home, go to work, come home, go and, to work, come home and make money. Yeah. And I would, and I would even want to add to that is that. When something in you dies, it's never for you to get caught up in despair and depression. When something in you dies, it's for something greater to be born. Wow. Wow. It's like Mother Nature. It's like Mother Nature. Right? It's like when the leaves fall off the tree in the wintertime. In the winter. They come back in the spring more beautiful than they've ever been. Exactly. And you appreciate it a little more. And you appreciate it more. So anytime something in you dies, is never for you to dwell in depression and despair, even though it's an ugly process, but it's for something greater to be born. And that 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 greater that that greater that's in you, you don't know that it's in you because something else in you has to die first before it can be conceived. Wow. Um do you ever at this point now, being a self-published author, right, um, knowing where you're going with your book and, and, and your screenplays, knowing, you know, having a little insight in what the future holds, do you ever look back and, and say, what if? <laughs> I never did that. Really? Really. You just, once you realized the dream was gone, once I... you accepted this new responsibility as a writer, you never looked back? I looked back. I did look back and I I said why were they trying to stop me? Mm. I didn't I didn't look, I, I knew that it was going to get done because it's it's like it was the passion burnt a hole in my soul. Mm. I I couldn't I had to there's no way it wasn't going to get done. So it's like there you know there was no doubt in my mind whether or not it was going to get done. I knew that I had a mission that needed to be executed and and expedited, mm. and there was nothing that was going to deter that. But as I look back, I look at who was stopping me and who I needed to disconnect. Because if you align yourself with people who are not going to help you, they're going to stop you yep. from fulfilling that purpose and fulfilling that destiny. 100%. And it's like. Everybody looked at me like I was crazy, and I looked at them like they were crazy. Mm-hmm. They're like, you never went to college, and you're going to write a book? I said, yes. I said, yes, I'm going to write a book. And, you know, they were trying to put it in my head. Oh, you know, you're, you you living in a fairy tale world. Jermaine lives in a fairy tale world. He thinks he's going to publish a book. And I'm like, okay, that just that just made <laughs> me more angry, and that anger gave me that more desire and increased my hunger. Where are those people now? 
See, that's the thing I was saying this morning. Early yeah. this morning when I was up, I was saying to myself that the people who ridicule people who struggle or who ridicule people, talk bad about people who go through certain trials and tribulations or unfortunate circumstances, when that person then rises, those people who talked about them are in the same position that they were in when they were talking about them. And the person who they talked about is now further along than them on yeah. the quest of achieving their dreams. Yeah. And so it was a funny thing, right? Um, I want to ask, what was uh, the process of writing a book? Again, I'm an author myself, self-published author as well. Um, and it's a challenging process. Yeah. What was the process? Because many people want to write books, but don't for many reasons, right? So what was the process for you from idea to the first word on paper, illustration to completion? What was that process? What was the mental capacity or, or, or what did you have to do mentally to push yourself every day to do the work? The first process was hunger. Mm. That's the first process is hunger. Uh, I could give you all the knowledge in the world. I could give you all the strategies in the world to 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 get you know to help you get your first book finished and written. But if you don't have hunger, you won't get it done. Wow. So it, it, the the thing is, how hungry are you? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? You know, are you ready to bleed for this? Mm. And if you're not ready to bleed for this, then this is probably not a career for you. Wow. You know, and then after I went through that process of hunger, everything came into alignment. I, you know, I didn't have the money. Book Baby told me I had to give them $2,400 to help them with the process of my book. I didn't have the money, but I, but I told my mind there gotta be a better way. And when you tell your mind there gotta be a better way, your mind will look for things to make that better way. And, you know, I cut corners, I did whatever I had to, and I sacrificed. I went, uh, when I formed my LLC, I was broke. Mm. I didn't have any money for food or transportation or asking for swipes when I formed my LLC, but <laughs> I knew that the sacrifice that I needed to, it was, the hunger was burning a hole through my soul. Wow. And I just, I just, I couldn't stop. Even right now, I feel even more hungry right now. Like, I want to go harder on my second and third book. I'm treating my fourth and fifth book the same way I treated my first book. Mm. Well, Hunger. Hunger. And I would say that's something that so many people need to adapt, right? Or need to learn the hunger because it's, man, it's... You're a powerful brother, man. You got me speechless over here, man. So I want to say thank you just for sharing your wisdom. <laughs> thank um, you for having me here. What was the feeling? What was the feeling when you saw your book? You had your book in hand. It was completed. Your illustrations, your writing, your name on that cover, knowing that you actually also published it yourself. What was that feeling when you saw the first copy? <sighs> I said I actually took an idea that was in my mind. And I manifested it. I'm holding something that I created with my two hands. Like, this is my legacy. And I'm still young. You're still young. <laughs> still I've young. just begun. Just you just literally, like, you just started. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was just, it's it just this feeling. It's like, wow, everybody that was telling me I was living in a fairy tale world, 
um, and that, you know, Jermaine is crazy. He, he doesn't know what it is to be an adult. He's trying to write a book. He never went to college. What is he doing? Um, it was just amazing to, like, I overcame that. I overcame what the critics said. They said I couldn't do it, and I did it. You did it. And you did a pretty great job, if I say so myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if I say so myself, man. You did a pretty, pretty, pretty good job, man. Um, so, talk real quick about the most challenging part of writing a book and of getting it to where you want it to be. What has been some of the challenges um, that you've experienced as an author, um, as an entrepreneur, and as a visionary? Investing into coaching, not having the funds to invest into coaching, um, not having support, you know, not really having support from family or friends. And, um, but then I got those support from strangers, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, and, and sometimes strangers can be more, you know, loving and supportive than people that you know all your life. Absolutely. So, um, you know, but like the finances to get it edited and it, it, the money, mm-hmm. you know, it was very difficult. I, the having, not having the money, but I don't, but I didn't want to be one of those people that didn't do something because I didn't have the money. You know, I wanted to be as resourceful as I possibly can. So, but I mean, the the money is definitely challenging because, you know, putting out a book mm-hmm. or whether you put in, whatever you're going to put out is going to cost money and it's going to be expensive. So, you know, definitely the finances and the support was one of the book, most biggest challenges because you have people that's like, ah, oh, you're not going to do it. And then mm-hmm. the money is not there and you're like, oh, you're getting frustrated, you know, but I just stuck it out and I told myself I'm going to make it. And wow. I just kept speaking positive to myself and said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Powerful. Um, I know before when we were talking, you mentioned uh, the connection between support and leadership, um, teaching leadership and children. Talk a little bit about that um, and how that manifests, because I think a lot of us um, entrepreneurs, independent entrepreneurs, authors and stuff like that, uh, we have some of the same challenges as far as support. Right. Um, some people may have the money to get it done, but then they get it done and they have the way to actually buy it. Or they know how to market it. So talk a little bit about the connection between leadership and support and unity and all of that good stuff. So so leadership, where that needs to start, it really needs to start in the homes Mm -hmm. of of the parent with their child. You know, you need to be instilling leadership qualities into your child in the schools, in the classrooms, leadership, uh, leadership exercises, homework projects that is consecrated around leadership because leadership creates unity and community. And when there's weak leadership, there's a weak community. And when there's a weak community, there's not a lot of support for our youth and children who have these dreams Mm -hmm. and who have these passions and these things that they want to go out there and do and make a difference in the world. So we definitely need to strengthen that leadership and, you know, nurture our children's interests. If mm-hmm. our children is interested in dogs, then you know what? We need to help them to get a form of education on dogs. Definitely. You know, how do you do dog training? How do you do dog whistle? You know, mm-hmm. just those things is what's going to help strengthen leadership 
and it's going to strengthen community and it's going to strengthen support so that when we do something, we have everybody behind us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, you're right and exact, man. And 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 not until you said it that I think about it like that. Right. But you're um, 100 percent correct. Let's talk a little bit about, man. Tell me about the most rewarding experience, man, since becoming a, since becoming a published author with this children's book, Brooklyn Astronaut, Jamal Journey to the Moon, man. What has the experience been like, man? Um, you know, I, I know you said that once you got it, you got the first book, you was out there, you was pushing it, promoting it at the schools. Um, you spoke a little bit about something that happened at your old school, man. Talk about that and that experience, man, and how that thing touched your heart. Definitely being able to give back to my give back my time and to give back my resource, you know, give back my time to this the same elementary school that I grew up in, mm. to go back there to oh. see my old principal. Wow. Uh, to see my first grade teacher, wow, you know, and for them to be buying my book, and for them to be holding my book, and then the staff is holding my book, and then I get to teach, I, I, I get to talk to the fifth graders about my book, and they're like, oh, oh, you're a celebrity. They all lined up, and the kids wanted to get my autograph. They asked me for my autograph. Wow. They was like, oh, can we get your autograph? The kids want to take pictures with me. So I got so much love from the kids and from the fifth graders that I talked to. I got so much love, you know, of course, from my first grade teacher and my principal. And it was just like family. It was unity. It was community. Wow. And it was like I was going back there as a, like, as a strong leader saying, you know, this is what you can do. You know, so those kids that are in elementary school, junior high, you don't know what those kids are going to be able to do. Those kids could come back and give that school a check for twenty million. You don't for know. Real. For real. So we got to nurture their gifts, and but that was the most rewarding part, just being able to go back, speak to the kids. The kids are like, "Oh, <laughs> we 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 want your autograph." Uh, we want to take pictures with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were motivated to do their homework. I don't. I don't even. <laughs> I don't know how I was able to do. But I went in there and I spoke to them, and then they. I I, I let them see the value of homework, and the kids were like motivated to want to do their homework, and you know they were telling me their dreams. So I mean, like that was one of the that was very rewarding for me. It's like these kids sitting down here telling me their dreams, telling me what they want to do when they grow up. And they, I could see the 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 joy in their face. Their faces are lit up, and they believe in it because they see an example. And they're looking at the back of the book. Oh, that's him! That's him! You know, it was just <laughs> magical. Man. It was magical. It was a magical moment, like Disneyland. You know, it was just it was a magical day. Wow, man! Um, you got something special with you, man. Truly. Um, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Where is Jermaine Smith? Where is Brooklyn Astronaut? What are you doing five to ten years from right now? What does your life look like? I say five to ten years. Uh, I would definitely love to start a nonprofit organization and uh, do more. You know, teach entrepreneurship to youth and teens. 
and um, definitely have plays out for the kids. I have a play version that I wrote to my book. I want it to be on Madison's. Is well, I'm gonna speak. It's gonna be on Madison Square Garden. Nice. It's gonna be um, Barclays. Barclays Center. Oh, you know I gotta represent gotta Brooklyn. Represent so we gotta have the Brooklyn astronaut play at the Barclays Center. Come on, that's a that's a heart of bed star right there. Um, want to have it uh, in uh, a Radio City, Broadway, you know, all of those big platforms, toys, puppets, candy, you know, Toys R Us went out of business. So, the, you know, somebody got to take the leadership role <laughs> there, you know. So, you know, just having really cool, fun stuff for the kids, but also giving the kid not just entertaining them, but giving them, you know, feeding them some morals with it, you know, having it. Brooklyn astronaut on television. We're gonna have a cartoon series, movie in theaters worldwide. That's what I see in five years. We're gonna have Brooklyn astronaut movie in theaters worldwide, and you know I'm just gonna I'm I'll probably still be in the hood teaching, <laughs> teaching Powerful. entrepreneurship and going to the the schools. You know, showing love, mm-hmm. and giving back. No, that's what it's about, man. It's about, you know, um, I'm a firm I'm a firm advocate and believer of that, number one, if one of us got it, some of us got it. And the ones who get it, it's their responsibility and obligation to reach back and to provide a helping hand for others to make it, right? Um, it's not always about giving money. Sometimes it's more, way more important to give your time and your expertise and to right. show another person, whether younger or older, um, how to do what you've done. Right. right, you can sit down and show someone. You know, maybe there's a kid who's interested in illustrating, who already start, who, who's already drawing. And maybe you can take an hour or something like that, right, and yeah. change that child's life. That doesn't cost you any money. And so, um, I'm very big on that, man. And I think that you're gonna go that that part alone is gonna take you further. The part that you want to give back and teach what you are learning and have learned to young people and to others in the community. I think that in itself is gonna take you far. Yeah. Um. So again, thank you for that dedication and commitment. Um, man. What, 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 see, this is what I want to know, again, because I'm an author as well, not an illustrator, right? I want to know the, the, the process, the brain process to be able to switch from writing to illustrating. Like, like, if you can get into intricate detail for a couple of minutes, how do you go from writing to drawing back to writing to drawing? Or as you're writing, are you seeing the images and then just taking them out of your head? Like, I'm, I'm amazed by that process, especially by someone who actually does a book that they wrote and illustrated themselves. I'm, that process amazes me. I know you spoke a little bit about it earlier, <laughs> yeah. but a little like what? Like, is there any different process in uh, brain movement? Like, I mean, what happens? So, um, because I, I, I really, my, my heart is really um, in screenplay writing. Okay. So I always have a habit when I write to visualize. visualize. Got it. So when I'm writing, I'm visualizing the story. Got it. And as I'm visualizing the story, I could already see it unfolding. So as I see it unfolding, I use what I've seen from what I've written and I put that in the artwork. That's amazing. So I'm already seeing the image the minute I text. Wow. And I start writing on a computer. <laughs> yeah, that's... And I just convert that image that I'm seeing and I put that in my artwork. Man, that's amazing. Like I think I honestly, man, for those listening wanna know what is one thing that, that Sugar Ray is absolutely interested in and blown away by, man, is writers and illustrators, man, who do both for their own work, man. I think that's amazing. 
Um, man, this this has been powerful, man. Any words of encouragement, words of empowerment, man, tips um, for uh, another black man who may think about being an author or a screenwriter or an illustrator, man, younger or older? Uh, just do it. You know, get get over the celebrity hype. Get over the... Um, because when you do that, when you have the celebrity hype of, yo, this is impossible, or like, yo, big people who are famous do this type, it, th- that intimidation is going to keep you paralyzed from executing on the vision and the concept that you have in your head. Wow. So y- if you keep having that star image in your head, then that paralyzes you from, from doing it or from finishing it. Take action. Even if you make a mistake, take action. At least you know what not to do. You know, failure is just simply learning what not to do. And it gives you experience. And learning what to do. And learning what to do. So a person who has the most failure should have the most success. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you have experience in what not to do and you know what to do. So go out there, write your book, record your music, whatever you love to do. If you love to sew, you know, and you're into fashion, start sewing that shirt and, and get the work done. Pray over your plans. Because there's negative energy out there. There's toxic negative energy and forces that want to stop you from making an impact in this world. And thirdly, get a mentor and get a coach who has a track record of success, who has the lifestyle that you want to have. Study successful people and implement what they do wow right and exact man where can we find your book man how can we follow you are you on social media man what's your handles what's your where can we get the book and how can we stay in touch with you so i'm on amazon uh goodreads bars and nobles so any store e-store popular e-store that uh, you love to go on to read you can find me there i'm also on um I also have a fan page called Brooklyn Astronaut for my Facebook. My Instagram is SPR underscore CEO. Um, that stands, that's abbreviation for my publishing company, Smith Prudent Reads. And it has um, the, the uh, my company's uh, logo with the bear reading a book. And uh, you could just send me a friend request and I'll accept you. You could follow me on the gram as well. And, um, you know... Definitely help me send this message out of community, leadership, and mentorship for our youth and young adults. Wow, man. Um, Brother Jermaine Smith, man, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you for taking the time out to sit with us on a Black Men Working Podcast, for sharing your story, your wisdom of how you... I think the most powerful thing for me was going from one dream to the next. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being open and vulnerable enough to talk about having a dream die and having a dream a new dream man um ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters boys and girls go out there man go to amazon right now as you listen to this type in brooklyn astronaut jamal's journey to the moon man order a copy for yourself order a copy for some young people in your community man give away as gifts 
the holidays are coming up, man. We need more. We need more readers. We need more readers because readers are leaders, man, and leaders are readers. It goes hand in hand, man. Um, support this brother. Follow him on Instagram, man. And stay tuned in to the Black Men Working Podcast where we bring you black men who are doing great and powerful work in their respective lives and in their community, man. Brother Jermaine Smith, thank you again, man. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.